In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's time to talk about sex. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the cute dog, up in the house with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Hello. And this time, this episode and this series coming up, we are going to talk about sex. Now, quickly, I just want to get this out of the way. Anytime you say the word sex, there is immediately going to be pun after pun after pun that is sexual. That's just my sense of humor. So I want to get that out of the way. And there, I mean, you could say that's what she said, all kinds of stuff. Um, Even I said coming up on this episode, there it is. It all just happens that way. But So you're going to lay down the rules. Quincy's going to make the immature puns. I'm going to cuss. It is what it is. Yeah, it's all marked (laughs) E for explicit. Um, But this, I'm telling you, these episodes... Uh, Jeannie has put in so much time and effort, and she's going to lead these episodes. Uh, I'll be here as a great co-host, uh, but she's put in a lot of time, effort, reading, and um, I'm excited about what she's going to share. It's going to be our journey, obviously, and what we're learning, how far we've come, as she said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm excited for you to get the opportunity to learn from what we have going on what we have had going on and our experiences from the past. And maybe we'll even get into uh, what we expect for the future. But sex, for some reason, is like this taboo thing for our lives. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know how you grew up, what your family life was. We're going to tell you about ours. Feel free to email us about yours, coach at man vs marriage podcast.com, coach at man versus marriage podcast.com. Let us know if there's anything that we could talk about or cover uh, for your benefit. Because that's why we're here. We're here to do this for you. And, you know, it helps us too. We get therapy out yeah, of this. Yeah, this is our own enough. little therapy session. It is. It is. Especially so, since these are not um, scripted. Quincy knows the basics of what we're going to talk about, but we didn't really go into points that we want to prove. It's going to be open talk, so this should be... We don't know what you're going to get any more than you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Um, Go ahead and uh, tell us why. Let's start out with why this is important. And I mean, maybe one of the, it's in our whole series of things we have going on, but we just had Dan Purcell on for a great episode uh, talking about intimacy and sex. And this kind of just fell in line with what we were doing. But uh, I asked you to take this task on. Because I want the guys to learn, um, like almost like a woman's point of view, even though it's not going to be that, but about what your mindset might be. So take it away. Um, it actually kind of started when we were um, shopping for my niece for her wedding because I was explaining to my sister, you know, what I wanted to do, and you know, we we have a tradition in our family when you have the bridal shower. 
my particular family gets the joke gifts and the, um, you know, the games, the lottery tickets, the the how to give a good blowjob jokes, that kind of stuff to break the ice. Now, it used to be because they assumed we weren't having sex before we were married. And you and I didn't. We did cross some lines, but we didn't have sex. But there are That's others. very subjective in my opinion. Well, we'll get into that later. I'm not going there right now. Um, but for her bridal shower, it just seemed like no one else really got into bringing about that side of what's going to be in marriage. I mean, she got wedding gifts for her bridal shower. That's not what a bridal shower is for. Guys go out, they have a good time. You have your last hurrah. Some people do it with strippers. Some people go to clubs. Some guys go out dancing and drinking. Whatever you do, you do. The women, we usually pump up the honeymoon. that's our job. Make you look good, make you feel good, give you some things to break the ice so that you're guaranteed to enjoy your honeymoon. And if you get stuck, you have a go-to, you know, idea. So anyway, when my sister and I went out shopping, it just came out in conversation. It's like, well, did anybody buy her any toys? Did anybody, you know, get her anything outside of the typical novelty? And my sister said, um, I got her one thing, but she opened it privately. She didn't want to open it in front of the in-laws and other people. And so I was like, all right, game on, because this is something that no one explained to us. When we got married, we were under the assumption of traditional sex. I'll just blanket it that way. Um, neither one of us had really good, um, I don't want to say examples, but there wasn't a whole lot of information given to us. A lot of the information we were given in growing up with sex ed was kind of like the basic mechanics and a few extras. And that was it. Um, I mean, you and I didn't even discover toys until a few years back with our, our counseling with Rita. So I kind of took it personal thinking she's getting married. She needs to know ahead of time. These things are okay to explore. And she actually, when she opened it, she got excited, which I thought was great because these were things that she had never talked about or considered so I knew I, I was going down the right path um, but that and then we had it lined up to talk to Dan and do the interview with him and the Intimately Us app that we were starting to use and it dawned on me it's like you know we're, we're going into expectations we're talking about sexual expectations but in the last few episodes we just kind of gave you a basic kind of these are your needs these are her needs and what to do about it with sex it's not just about your needs being met or her needs being met. There's a lot of other aspects to consider. And for Quincy and I, for a really long time, this was a difficult topic to discuss. And I don't know if it's just because it's taboo and we were both brought up in, in homes where you don't discuss these things. This is not, um, you know, typical conversation around the dinner table if I ever asked my mother about sex as a kid, it was always, don't do it. It's disgusting. It hurts. You don't want to know about it. And I know she was just trying to keep me from doing stupid stuff when I was a teenager. But even when I got married, the conversations were more about serving him, keeping him happy so that he doesn't go somewhere else to find it. I never considered until, well, I'm kind of a selfish person, so I, I do have the tendency to go, well, what about me? Where's, where's my stuff in this? Thankfully, I have a very generous husband. I don't have to ask that question. Mm-hmm. But um, 
between the two of us and, you know, you come from a family with multiple marriages. So there's a lot of, yeah. of difference in opinion there. And then we both come from the church background and we had very different upbringings there. And the topics and the, the conversations were always kind of, at least in my experience, it was just a brushed topic. Like you have sex when you're married, you have sex with your wife, anything beyond that is a sin and you're going to hell is the basic structure of what I was taught church wise. Um, porn is bad. We don't go to sex toy stores, lingerie and dressing as, as, um, you know, sexy puts you in the position for people to think that you're offering them sex. It makes you look like a whore, those kind of things. So all of this stuff was kind of in the back of our heads, I think. So we decided in going into this particular series, these are things we need to discuss. These are things that you and your spouse need to discuss. And how do we do this without making it one of those hard talks, so to say? You know, a hard talk for us, if you don't know or you're not familiar, is things that are difficult for you to discuss that might hurt the other person or things that need to be discussed that might create an argument. So you have to engage that conversation. Sex could be one of those things, but it really shouldn't. Unless there's an epic problem or an infidelity or something of that nature, I could see where that could be a, a hard talk. Yeah. But for us, it's just always been uncomfortable, which is weird when you think about it because you're my best friend in the world and you have my best interest at heart and I, I have your best interest at heart and our goal is to please each other. And yet both of us, I think... And if I'm wrong, you'll correct me. But for, for myself, I always thought about, I just, I can just put my stuff on the back burner. This is stuff I'm interested in, but I don't know how it's going to go over. Um, I had a lot of insecurities, a lot of fear of rejection, a lot of other things that, that played into why I didn't do or why I didn't say. And um, so making this series, we're going to kind of walk you through our journey and our process and how we've gotten over some of these things. And I will be straight up with you we are still dealing with some of these things and learning how to communicate with each other about it. And, um, it's not so much embarrassment. I don't think as it's just, it's just awkward. You know, it's kind of weird to say, I think I want to try this, but you just don't know how the other person's going to take it. You don't know what to expect. It's not like when you, you know, like I already know if, I don't do something that I said I was going to do and you're expecting it when you get home. I already know there's going to be a disappointment there. And then I still have to tell you, I, I didn't get it done today. Right. There's a difference in knowing what's coming and throwing something out there and not sure what's going to come back at me. If I already know I did something to disappoint you, I expect the disappointment. If I'm throwing something out there and I have no idea what's coming back at me, it's difficult to say. I think that's fair for everybody in all honesty. I think it's a, just a fear of being rejected and you don't maybe you don't want to look a certain way to your spouse and i'm I, while you're talking i'm just sitting here thinking why why didn't we talk more about sex before we got married and why didn't we talk more about sex when we first got married well when we before we got married we did talk about sex. We were in youth group, and everything that we talked about was not until you're married. 
Sex is between a man and a woman. It's something to consummate the marriage. It's an intimacy act. It is something that brings you closer together and it brings you both pleasure. But no one ever actually talked about actual sex. So I think that that's the part that... that so how do we... This is just a question for me and I'll, I'll throw it out there. How do we... How do we give a a better send off to our kids because I didn't I didn't talk I didn't really have the sex talk with my my dad or my mom you know had the had the talk when I may have got caught you know once and that was not cool <laughs> um, not by my parents but you know ooh in, you got caught by somebody else's parent that ain't cool yeah in the middle of something pretty heavy. With that being said, um, why don't we, why weren't we talked to about it and why, why weren't we discussing it more? I don't have an answer to that. I, and, and what I was, you know, just listening to you talk, it's like, how much baggage did we really bring into our relationship? Um, because we had a certain point of view about me, how you felt about sex you how I felt about sex, and and then your own beliefs on how you wanted sex to be. Yeah, truly, <laughs> what what my expectations were, but we just didn't know then to discuss them. Even when we went to that pre-marriage class, the the only thing I can really think of when it came to talking about sex was this is how you tell your partner that you know you can let your partner know in a subtle way. This Hang is a, a towel on the door or something or like that. Or send a yeah. text message or leave a little love note, which those are all well and good. But, there were no text messages back then. But that was just like, okay, that's just telling you that I want to have sex. But here's the thing. What do you mean when you say I want to have sex? Yeah. Are you talking about penetration and intercourse? Are you talking about oral sex? Are you talking about, is there foreplay involved in this? What are you expecting when you say I want to have sex? Nobody explained any of that to us. And so when you come into a marriage, it's like, okay, basics. You definitely need a little bit of foreplay because you got to get her heated into it. Otherwise, you're running dry. Then you need to get each other at least one orgasm out of the situation for each person. If you're lucky and you're nice, if you're more than nice, you'll give her more than one just to make sure everything works well. But then beyond that, it's like, okay, well... I touched first base, second base, third base, got a home run. She got off. I got off. We're done. But are you really? Are you satisfied? Are you satiated? Are you both like laying on the bed ready to have a cigarette and pass out? No. Why? Because you didn't discuss somewhere along the line what having sex means to you. So as far as the kids are concerned, let me just wipe that worry out of your head because we have girls and they've all been instructed to come to me with those questions. And so far, they have asked me a lot of detailed things. I do not sugarcoat. I do not tell them whether or not they are things you and I do, but I do give them straight talk because you need to know when a guy says this to you, this is what he's actually saying so that they don't say, would you rather? And our kid says, sure, I'd rather do this. And you're going, no, honey, no. You just admitted that you would get a guy off. This is not, no. So our girls are well-informed and somewhat terrified. You're welcome. Well, the the thing I want to ask our audience is really like this. It's like, um, have you taken a second step back and look and think about all the baggage you brought in 
to your relationship when it as it relates to sex. And then if you haven't, how many unspoken expectations or thoughts do you have regarding sex? And does your partner know that? And have y'all discussed it? Because I think that is extreme. I, I just, I'm baffled at myself the more I think about it, how much we didn't talk through things. No, we didn't. And once we got pregnant, we never went beyond that, which that's, that'll come out later on down in the series, but that's something else to consider. You know, just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you can't have sex. We had extenuating circumstances in some such situations, but there were other things we could have done. There were other things that could have kept that because honestly, it's not just about having sex. It's about keeping that intimacy going and keeping that connection. But there are so many other things you can do. And a lot of people stop between penetration and oral. That's not the only two things you do in a sexual relationship. There's a lot of other avenues you can travel, but it's still one of those um, situations where I think what we saw is kind of what we went by. And, um, you know, I'm not knocking church by any means, but I do think that the fact that abstinence and sex in a marriage was basically all they taught us was it something you do with your spouse and you need to stay away from it until then. And if you don't, these are the consequences. That was the extent of what we learned. So in bringing this series, first, we're going to ask you to do a couple of things. One, I'm going to ask you to consider where did you get your beliefs and your um, thoughts about sex from? Was it your parents' marriage and what you saw? Some people had parents who um, there was adultery in the marriage. Some people had parents who were divorced and, you know, there were different, maybe the first husband or your, you know, your father, what have you, was a certain way with your mother. And now the second marriage was a totally different type of personality. This is a different man that you're seeing now. Were they, um, you know, so you might have one person who is very rough and vulgar and rude or demanding and one who is extremely sensitive and sweet and compassionate. I don't know. Everybody's different. Did you get it in a church? Were you ingrained and inundated with do this, you go to hell? And how, like for a lot of women in particular, and I'm, I'm speaking from experience, if I wore certain clothing it was like you're putting yourself out there. You're making yourself out to be a whore or a slut. You're you're advertising yourself. And it used to make me feel insecure about the body I'm in just because if I do show this off, I don't want the wrong person doing something to me. And it created a fear I didn't need to have. It also created an insecurity in my body because now that I can wear things, I'm not sure where to be comfortable with it. You know, I don't wear low-cut shirts I didn't for a really long time because I had really big boobs before we had kids. But now I don't mind wearing low cut shirts, but the difference is I'm secure in my marriage. I'm secure in who you and I are. I don't care if somebody else looks at me. It's not yours. (laughs) You know, it's like, it it doesn't belong to you. You can look, I'm not giving you anything. But before I always felt like if I wore something, I was advertising that I was willing to give something but it was a mindset that somebody had taught me. Well, I'm I'm an advocate for, you know, teaching my girls modesty until they're adults. I want them to feel um, proud of how they look, you know, and 
feel I guess feel sexy because that that will give them confidence to feel comfortable in their skin. But at the same time, I want I I believe in the modesty before being an adult policy. Yeah, I we, guess I could say I stuck to that until I was about nineteen. Yeah, I was I was eighteen or nineteen before I finally got comfortable in. And I'll tell you, you know, your supermodel status, in my opinion, period. And I to have to hear you say anything at all about being insecure with your body freaking blows my mind. Well, I mean, you it, weren't in my previous relationship, so the head spins that other people created is not. Yeah, but the mirror is right <laughs> there. And you see yourself naked, and it's like, that guy's just a freaking moron. Because I remember the first time I saw you naked, and it was like, I am so far out of my league as a chubby <laughs> man, as an average man down below. I'm way far out of my league, super model status. And uh, I, so to hear that, you know, that you ever had any kind of insecurity or whatever, it you know, for me, just, it just blew my mind. I couldn't even imagine that. But that's, that's also the point. You don't really know where the beliefs or where the mindsets or where the insecurities come from until you actually get into these conversations. And that's, you know, let me butt in right there real quick and say, look, your wife, it's possible that your wife or even you, um, might be the product of a previous relationship, that's where your mindset might be because Jeannie had an ex-boyfriend. They dated for a while, and that fool told her that she was heavy or had gained some weight or something stupid like that. And I don't know. How heavy were you at the 115 time? 115 pounds. Yeah, you were 150. So he's a freaking moron. And if he ever listens to the show, you're a freaking moron because... You, you've got no wits. You had no wits or sense about you. I hope that you've changed in your relationship as well, and things are good for you now um, as you've moved on. I don't wish any ill will towards marriages unless you become an Auburn fan. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just wanted to fit that in there because, you know, I look at my wife. She's gorgeous, and I couldn't imagine the thought of a beautiful human being having any insecurity. Me, on the other hand, w- was heavy for the majority of my life and, you know, big belly, moobs, you know, chunky legs, no butt, you know, flat feet. What else can I do here? And, uh, you know, like I say, I'm not, I'm not Hulk below the belt. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? I look in the mirror and I'm just not pleased. I've, you know, worked on getting healthier and now it's just as bad because I have loose skin or whatnot. So, I, you know, when it comes to me and looking and feeling sexy with the clothes off, no, with some clothes on, yeah. Um, but for what that's worth, I just wanted to butt in and say that. Guys, how would you like the opportunity to have a Zoom meeting with me, the Q Dog, and my wife, Jeannie? That's right. A 30-minute Zoom meeting you can have if you go over to manversusmarriagepodcast.com, become a subscriber. That will enter your name in for a chance to win this exciting contest. Now listen, if you got a homeboy who listens, or maybe he doesn't listen, send him over to manversusmarriagepodcast.com, have him become a subscriber, and that will enter him to win. Then he sends me an email. 
at coach at manversusmarriagepodcast.com. And guess what? That will enter you another time. There is no limit to how many times you can be entered. So go there now to manversusmarriagepodcast.com. Become a subscriber. Have your friends do the same and alert me via email. And you could win the MVSM meet and greet via Zoom with Quincy and Jeannie from Man Vs. Marriage, the podcast. That's right. I'll see you there. Go get it done. Don't be a slacker. Get to work. Q-Dog is out. Well, I think um, the first thing you guys need to do, like I said, is you need to figure out where your beliefs come from, what your mindsets are, what you guys feel about certain things. What did you learn about it and where are you with it now? Because I'll be honest, when I was younger, prior to marriage, I was taught that oral sex was predominantly for him. It was a service act. It was something that all men wanted. That's all that they wanted. And if you ever gave them that, you were screwed because that was the leverage they held over you because that was a whore act. Okay. Um, Like I said, it wasn't all my mom. Um, I had other influences talking to me. I, I have an older sister. She had friends. I had a lot of conversations with people around me um, or hearing my dad talk to his buddies and the way that they would discuss their wives and the lack of sex or how they did this wrong or they wish they do that or, you know, did you see this woman and I heard she does this. It's like it just gave me a funky a funky way of looking at things because I didn't want to be that person that the guys are talking about. You know, I don't want to be listening to my husband tell his friends how he doesn't get it enough. I don't want to be um, made fun of, which had happened in the past where oral sex was an issue in a previous relationship. And it, okay, honestly, there's really not a way to be really super bad at this. It's kind of basics. You could be horrible, but I don't really think that any guy's really stupid enough to be like that sucked, pun intended. But, um, I mean, it, it just, it's a mental, it was a mental stigma. You and I had to get through some of that stuff. Now, I know friends of mine, women that I've talked to, and they, they're on their second marriage. They never had oral sex until their second marriage, period. Yeah. Because it made them feel awkward or the person they were with thought it was a disgusting thing and you weren't supposed to do it. And it's like, okay, these are conversations that need to be had. Because if you don't talk that out, if you wanted to do that with me and I just went "Eh," and stopped you, that could mentally stunt you or put a wedge there because you don't know why I did that. You know, if, if you're not careful and you're not having these conversations, you could hurt somebody you've never intended to hurt Mm -hmm. and you could hurt them badly. Yeah. You know, we, Quincy and I have been married for years. We've had epic fails in the bedroom like everybody has. You have moments and it's like, wow, okay, that did not go the way we thought it would. And somebody gets hurt or that, you know, you We're not talking down. about physically hurt, so no, to speak. We're talking uh, about emotionally. No, I'm just saying, you know, maybe one of you initiates and it's not the time to initiate and the other one just shuts you down and they shut you down hard. That makes you gun shy to initiate again. Yes, you know, it, yeah, it really does. There are times when, um, you know, maybe you're not looking for actual sex. You just need an oral orgasm. It's okay to say, this is what I need. 
but I think because it it's taught in our heads, we start thinking, that's all I'm good for. You know, well, I, I will, Quincy and I had one of those situations come up recently where he came in and said he, he would stay awake for a blowjob. And honestly, we say this stuff all the time. It, we joke, we banter, we, we, I will come straight out and tell him, I want you to do this. It, it's not hidden with us anymore in that aspect. But for whatever reason, that night it pissed me off because you can't stay awake the rest of the week for everything else, but you'll stay awake for that. I didn't say anything. I internalized it. And then immediately I was pissed at myself because why did that bother me so badly? Why would you saying something which I, we joke about all the time? Why would it piss me off? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it took me a couple of days while going through preparing the series and thinking about it. It was because our sex life lately has become routine. And some of the needs that I had were not being met. But I didn't register that it wasn't being met. Because we were still having sex. So everything's good, right? But once it clicked, it's like, oh, crap. Now I have to have this conversation. Now I have to tell you why this happened. And then we got to figure out how to fix it. And I don't know, I don't know what's needed to fix it. I just know something's not right. And then coming out in the conversation, he said the same thing. You know what? I had noticed that this has become a routine. I'd noticed we we're doing the same thing. And I thought, you know, maybe we needed to do something. But I don't know. For some reason, it just, we just didn't change anything yet. Okay. Well, we've changed things. We're back. We're back on track. But well, we not also, having that conversation. Yeah. We would have just kept on going, and eventually that frustration would have turned into a resentment, and it would have turned into a wall between us. And you can definitely tell if you are connected to your spouse and your sex life is on point and you guys have a good intimate relationship, you can tell when anything is off Yeah, when you're you're trying to engage or you're having sex. And it doesn't mean you're not having it. But you definitely know that something is not clicking like it usually does. Are you, And the question is, do you say something? And chance not getting any and ruining the mood? Or do you wait it out and then say something? That's between y'all. Everybody does their thing different. Our conversation happened like, what, two, three days later? And when the conversation finally came out, it's like, dude... That was really stupid. I should have said something. I don't know why I didn't say something. Well, I knew I, there were like two encounters that we had where, you know, we both we both went all, you know, all the way. I don't know what to say, climax, orgasm, whatever. But I Those knew. Work. Yep. <laughs> but I knew even though, you know, we both achieved the, the mission, that's kind of what it was, was the mission of just having orgasms. And it's like that did that connection wasn't there because there's a connection you know that's there yeah the passion wasn't there intimacy the intimacy connection wasn't there and fortunately you know when you have these awkward talks they shouldn't be awkward by this point but even for us they are we have umpteen episodes on sex (laughs) but it still gets it still gets awkward but we were able to come down to the (laughs) we were able to get to the point of Oh yeah, you couple of idiots. Um, this is why things are getting mechanical. And we as in times past, not just around sex, but you know our relationship in general, 
there are telltale signs. There's a tell. And we just keep moving around and doing our thing. Um, and it's like, oh, crap. Well, this is the time of year. Oh, crap. We're not doing this because of this. And, oh, we used to, we used to get, you know, these once a week or once a month things. And it's like, so, yeah, you stop doing the very things that facilitate the environment of intimacy in your relationship. And then you're just having sex. Mm-hmm. And when the connection, it was two times, I was like, uh, maybe the first time, like, uh, maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. And then the next time, it's like, okay, something's off. Something's off. Even though we're, we're getting there, something is off. So I didn't even know how to bring it up or, you know, still awkward for me, which we got to figure that out. But then you bringing this up, it's like, yeah, we're kind of already thinking the same thing. Uh, so we need to, we got to figure this thing out. And that's where the talk and the discussion came. And it's so weird how life tends to provide us what we need to talk about in our relationship while we're preparing for that content in the podcast. Yeah, right. It's just, it's just so weird. Well, and this is, like I said, th- this is a taboo topic for a lot of people. For Quincy and I, this is one of those subjects that we have to kind of ease into the conversation. Now, some people, we have friends that we talk to and they're very open in their conversation about sex and they don't care if you're around and you hear them talking about it. But let's say this, you do, because I don't, I mean, I got some tight bros, but we just don't talk about our sex lives. Okay. So here's something you need to know, guys, that she might not be talking to you, but she is talking to somebody. Cause let me tell you the, the women in certain, um, groups that I talk with, they, they are very open to ask questions and, Hey, how do I bring this up? Have you tried this? My husband and I did this the other day. Have you ever tried this? This is where you find this at. This is the link to buy this. You don't think they're talking about it because she's not talking to you. Oh, we're talking. We are talking, but I, it's, be, I had it's, no idea, <clears throat> but here's the thing I'm finding out based on these conversations with women around me that they're the ones going out and buying the toys. They're the ones going out and finding new things. Their guys aren't engaging until the wife says something. I have a problem with this. <laughs> now, I don't mind buying the toys. I don't mind going shopping. I am finally at the point where I can walk into an adult store, and I really don't care if you see me walk into an adult store. Um, it used to be when we first got married, I could not go into an adult store. Number one, I'm not going anywhere in my town. If anybody sees me going into the store and I am Quincy's wife, you can't miss me. I always have rainbow hair or colored hair or something, tattoos. People just spot me. You do now. I mean, th- back then you had that blonde hair, that long, beautiful blonde hair. But it's still one of those, if somebody who knew us saw me going in there and they know you, I was mortified. So I wouldn't do it. Thank you, Amazon. You have saved my life. But um, now I don't have a problem doing that. But I'm also the one that comes back now and it's like, I went to the store. Look what I got. (laughs) I didn't used to do that. But I think what bothered me was like a couple of the women said when their husband brings something home, it's like a bullet vibrator or porn movie or something to that effect. But they never had this conversation. 
So he's kind of shooting in the dark and, you know, overheard a conversation or maybe he saw something in one of her books or whatever and he brings it home. Talk about it. Yeah. If, if, if you find out, dude, we all have an inner freak, whether we say it out loud or not. We all have things that we like or we want to try or that interest us. But we are hindered in these areas of conversation. Now, some people aren't. Some people are very open about it. But I find a lot of people that are, are extremely open about their experimentation or using toys or whatever it is. In, in my little circle that we talk to, they are not very confident or don't have the intimacy level down. It's like, we're great at sex. We suck at conversation. We can't plan dates. We can plan an epic sex weekend. But our date nights are like going to dinner and a movie, and that's where it stops. There's no imagination beyond that. So I'm not saying everyone has this issue. Everyone has an area where they have this issue, where something is difficult to discuss. Yeah. For Quincy and I, it happens to be money and sex. These are the two places that we have the most difficulty, I think. I, I don't in, know, in, man. I think uh, over the... Over the we're course of the last it. couple of years, we're way better at talking about sex than money. Oh, we're better at it, but I'm just saying for us, this was the, the two yeah. areas that were the hardest for us to get on the same page and be okay discussing it and not turn 15 shades of red because we're saying something to each other. 50 shades of red. 15. I didn't I, say 15. I know, but I was just thinking 50 <laughs> shades of there red. There goes that thing again. Um, but, okay, so the first thing I want you guys to do before going into the rest of this series Consider how you learned about sex and sexuality. Now, don't get stuck on the word sexuality. I am not talking about the social aspect of sexuality and gender change and all this. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is your sexuality as in your capability of having sexual feelings and sexual activity and how you feel about your own sensuality how you feel about your own sex life and the conversations that surround it. Do not get hung up on the word, okay? The other part of that is I want you to, to have a conversation with your spouse once you figured out where you're at. Was it church? Was it school? Was it books? Were you a hidden stack of Playboys and porn movies kid? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. There are girls who have hidden stacks of books too. I'm just saying. Really? You oh, I learned about romance novels at about 14 years old. So I'm I'm trying to get you to look at how you think about sex, how you were taught about sex. Are there areas that maybe you've considered you'd like to try or things you've thought about that maybe you want to experiment with or things that you want to know about her? Maybe she's got some hidden fantasies you know nothing about, but you haven't asked. I don't know why you wouldn't ask, but you've got to have a reason. My reasons were basic. I was scared to death that I was going to get rejected because the upbringing that Quincy and I had was very, very strict on, on the religious scale. So I assumed that meant you were going to be like the missionary guy and this is how things were going to go. I was wrong, but I'm just saying that's kind of... I mean, I was afraid to buy lingerie. I had the lingerie I got for our, our, my bridal shower. And then once I had worn everything, I didn't really wear lingerie after that. I, th I thought about the other day. I'm like, you know, I had a whole drawer full of lingerie. 
I think I wore it the first year we were married and then I didn't put it back on unless we had like an anniversary or a huge getaway, but I didn't really do anything else. And I was still hung up on my body and what it meant and what, what it made me feel. I didn't feel comfortable in it, but I wanted to wear it. I just didn't know. It took us going to a marriage conference and the pastor standing up and the very first thing he hits us with is ladies for the love of everything. Holy get some lingerie, change it up in the bedroom. And I'm sitting there thinking, I just got permission from the pastor to wear naughty stuff in my own bedroom. I like this idea. (laughs) You really just had to give yourself permission for that because I, I didn't, I mean, when we did that Jack Hayford deal, you know, pre-marriage class, which I thought was a great idea, you know, and we were young and naive, I, I really believe. Um, it, the, the, the message or the content was sex only happens face-to-face. When I heard that, I was like, Nah, not buying into that one, old Jackie boy. Now there that's dis- is a whole lot of other places you can go, but I'm just saying. Yeah, that and that's disrespectful to say about Jack Hayford, I guess. But I, I'm I'm cool if that's where if that's the planet you live on for your marriage. But for me, I was like, no, that doesn't work. But I never told you that. Uh-huh. I never opened up to you about that. Um, a sex procreation, yes. It's a really fun way to procreate, but we just didn't talk about those things. It blows my mind still. I don't understand why we didn't. And guys, if you're listening or the gals that are listening, maybe y'all did and you're just, you're not married to me, so you don't have a dope that you're married to and you were wise enough to do it. But if you didn't, now's a great time to start discussing that and if your wife is like my wife she just you know can't bring herself to listen to podcasts but i would recommend this series to ask your spouse to listen to it because it's gonna make this conversation easier you can hear from us what we did the mistakes that we made my fails her fails And it will help, it'll just help break the ice when it comes to talking about sex. Let us be the conversation starter. Yeah. Remember when Quincy did this? Well, this made me think about that. And it will just, it will be a place where y'all can mutually meet. Or pause the podcast and go, no, okay, hold on. Because we've done that. We've been watching Kim Amani or listening to Kim Amani and we'll pause it. Okay, wait, stop, stop. Yeah, I I heard this. What did you hear? Because that didn't. I, I okay. Did you hear what I heard? Because this is really awkward. But it opens the conversation without us having to go. We need to have a talk. Yeah, <laughs> and when you get into these conversations, if it's anything like ours, you'll find yourself going, "I didn't know you thought that way." Oh my gosh, the last two weeks have been a whole plethora of those conversations of us yeah. going you what yeah <laughs> why didn't you tell me that <laughs> yeah or me thinking when she's telling me how she thought i was thinking was like that freaking thought never crossed my mind 
I didn't have... Quincy has a what the hell face. You might not have seen it, but I recognize <laughs> it. So when I tell him something and you look over and he gets this look on his face, it's like, oh, that was a what the hell moment. I was wrong. I was yeah. really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're bound to discover some things. And when you're talking about this, I mean, Jeannie and I have set... We've drawn a line in the sand. And really, it's not just a, a line in the sand. We've painted a permanent boundary when it comes to sex in our life and that boundary is we're not going to we're not going to bring anybody else into our sexual relationship it's her and I we don't go the threesome route that's not something we're interested in other than that we've given each other the permission to say okay i want to try this what do you think and then kind of you cringe and go ooh <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. There's just still things that I've had difficulty talking about because it's awkward and there is some residue of rejection there that we have to work well, through. Well, and I, I think part of it, too, is, like I said, it's it's what we've been around. Um, for me, there's a lot of stigma because of the way that my father used to talk about my mother in the presence of other men, yeah. not realizing your daughter being a child or a young adult is hearing all of these things. And then, you know, having our own relationships in our adolescence and having those similar behaviors. You know, I dated jocks. Jocks talk. And when they talk, they're stupid. I'm sorry. No offense to you. I'm a but jock and I didn't talk. You told me some things. But anyway, I just, some of the conversations that I was around, I didn't want to be talked about like that. So it made me not want to do certain things or act a certain way because I didn't want to be talked like that. Yeah. Especially by my husband. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you, that's why I'm saying you need to have these conversations. What do you? What did you see? What did you learn? What do you think about it? What do you feel about it? What are your limitations? And, you know, get that all out first. And then as we go through the series, we'll tell you how to get into the other stuff. Yeah. I think that's an excellent way to, to wrap this up. You got a recap from Jeannie on what to do. And uh, a couple pointers from me on how to bring this up or how to think about this and have your wife, you know, jump into to listening as best you can. Just offer it out there. Ask her to go for a drive. Y'all listen to it together. Uh, buy her some, you know, a soda, an ice cream or whatever if you dabble in sugar. Um, you know, Quincy's the anti-sugar guy, carnivore man, but, uh, you know, make it a, make it a drive and, uh, see how it turns out. Other than that, this is that, uh, this is number one when it comes to sex and we are going to have, um, a whole series on this to help you increase your intimacy. What do you think about that? All right. She's Gina Moran. I am Quincy Moran, AKA the Q dog. And this is man versus marriage. Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.